Hello, everybody. My name is Ian Hand, and welcome back to another episode of Truth, Justice, and the Ian Hand Way. My name is Ian Hand, and I want to say thank you for joining me tonight. If this is, of course, you're joining me live. If you're joining me with one of the many different pre-recorded options, thank you for joining me from some time into the future. Where I'm recording, it's in the middle of April of 2019, and it's been a pretty uh, it's been a pretty fun uh, ride. We have officially made 10 episodes of Truth, Justice, and the Ian Hand Way. And I cannot be happier that I did this. This is by far one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me. Being the, Having the ability to actually be in a nice little studio with some great people. Meeting all around some great... And having all around meeting these great people. Paul, Austin, Albert, and Josh, who I have known for most of my life. It is still really nice to get the chance to see some people that, you know, have the same kind of passion that I do for recordings and stuff like that. It's really awesome, to say the least. So today is going to be a different kind of episode, if of Truth, Justice, and the Ian Hand way. Usually I talk about goofy stuff, and I'm a little bit more on the goofy side, because, you know, I kind of like to be goofy. I'm always kind of that guy who thought his one of his true callings in life was to be a comedian, and I actually might fulfill that dream sometime soon. But you gotta get actual money before you start taking risks. Am I right? I'm right. So today is gonna be more on the real side. One of the things about me is that I do have some time to get real, and I think it's really important that we all have that opportunity to be real with each other and to be real with ourselves. So today is going to be one of those episodes. I'm going to probably be doing this every 10 episodes. So if you guys are kind of thinking, uh, I don't really want to watch or get real with Ian or have Ian just talk about real stuff with me, that's totally fine. This is going to be every 10 episodes. So you guys got a numbers 11 to 19 that are completely Ian Hand not real free being real free and until every, it's basically every zero episode like 10 20 30 40 you get the point and i definitely am trying to make sure that it does happen every once in a while so if you guys just want a whole real playlist or real podcast like let me know and i can do a whole real podcast and just save the goofy stuff for specifically this show but since you know i'm trying to gain Overall, more things is just one podcast at a time without spreading people too thin since people I know don't really listen to these that often to begin with. It's something that I specifically need to work on and need to take care of myself. So today is going to be a real topic since it's been something that's been bugging me for quite some time. And it's getting out of a toxic relationship. And it's something that I just recently did, and I haven't really looked back since I did it. And I feel really happy. I haven't felt so good in my life, and even recently I had to take a step back from other people in my life who kind of overstated their boundaries of me being a civil person, and it's been really, really rough. I think that's the thing that a lot of people sometimes forget is that how rough it could be to have friends who don't agree with your decision to leave uh, another friend off out of the loop and stuff like that. 
And I can see their point and I can see their reasoning, but I need to take a step back because I can't have them tell me what's right for me anymore. And I know for a fact that this person who we'll talk about in a second is no longer right for me. So today's topic is going to be about toxicity and toxic relationships and how the hypersensitive mind, aka my mind, can see the poison all around them. That's a pretty big old uh, text topic right there. But for the most part, I've actually been able to enjoy getting that kind of way. I've been called hypersensitive a lot. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I just have that kind of way to have my emotions on my sleeve. I can really see that. And I've been having some problems dealing with that as a person. And it does definitely bother me. Because nobody wants to be affected by everything, you know? And I definitely don't want to be affected by everything. But being hypersensitive has always been something that I guess has been like my biggest strength as well as my biggest weakness. And as a result of that, I've been able to maintain an all-around realistic look and kind of more of a pessimistic outlook on everything. But a lot of that comes from the fact that I've been with a lot of toxic people. And the toxicity is very ranging from, you know, just a person who's kind of a dick and you kind of be like, okay, bye. And then the people who, you know, you try to make excuses for people who, you know, you really cared about and today is going to be one of the hardest decisions of my life to really just say enough is enough i'm done completely not i'm done for the moment and i'll see you in a couple months no it's i'm done completely so toxic relationships and me unfortunately have been more acquainted than i would like to say we are for every like great person in my life, like my mom, who has been so supportive and so all around just so great, my dad has been more so the antagonist of my entire childhood, putting me down on almost any turn he can get because he's a very pessimistic and very negative guy. I'm not going to go into that much more detail, but he's just not the person that you really want being a parent trying to tell a kid... Uh, how to, you know, make their mark in the world when you're far too cynical, far too negative to do that yourself and tell yourself that life is worth living. How can you tell that to a child? Basically, it's one of the main things that he and I haven't gotten along with. But for right now, I'm kind of stuck living there. So hopefully things kick off for me in a little bit more of a positive way and I can get out of there and get out of the real toxic part of my life. But that doesn't have to extend to my friends. And unfortunately it has in a couple different circumstances. Sure. I wasn't probably the best person in most of these situations as well, but at the end of the day, I really, really, really didn't anticipate these relationships turning out the way they did. So today's topic and person of interest is a person that I just recently stopped talking to from his toxic behavior. Now, for those people who do know me personally and do know the situation, for the sake of this entire thing, for privacy purposes, I'm only going to be saying the person's nickname. As far as I know, this person does only go by it from his friends and only from people that, you know, kind of know him. But I'm not saying his last name. I'm only going to be saying his nickname, which is two letters. 
His name is RJ. And everyone else for the moment will be named anonymous and it's just my friends. I'm going to be doing my best to describe them by my friend who does this or my friend who did that. Like, I'm going to keep them all very anonymous and kind of keep it very tame. Any person that you might know or recognize from this show or overall my overall language will probably be my girlfriend who's named Andrea and I don't have any qualms of telling you her name because, again, I'm not telling last names. And Josh, who is a fellow liquor lizard here at AP Radio. And, of course, anyone else from AP Radio that I would mention, you already know who they are. So, to kind of preface the situation, RJ and I have been, we're, friend, we're friends for almost a decade. We started hanging out in what could only be described as 2010. Yeah, it was a pretty big thing. I met him when we were 15. We were both in class together, and things, you know, were okay for the most part. He just never really got a chance to hang outside of us without a school, but then we got assigned to different classes, so it was really hard to see him. He was a really fun guy and pretty damn funny all around. We had some pretty cool moments, and I thought that this guy can be a really good friend of mine, and eventually he was, and I and we eventually all got integrated into the same friend group. A lot of it came from the fact that his mom, who was a very strict Jehovah's Witness, did not want him hanging out with people who weren't one, because apparently that's their rule. That's totally not cultish at all, that you can't hang out with people who aren't the same religion as us. That's terrifying, if you ask me. <clears throat> but that's neither here nor there. So we were really good friends, and even though we all had our own different other friend groups <clears throat> excuse me, to go to, we all kind of came together for the four group, uh, to the fearsome group of four. And it was really fun. Eventually, I kind of stopped gravitating towards other people, that, you know, weren't these three other people in my life, including RJ, and we eventually kind of just became the four group amigos, the four amigos in a way. It was really kind of more that way towards the end of so that, of my senior year of high school, and when I graduated, it was really the four of us against the world. Of course, we had other people that, like, my other friends knew that we kind of had every once in a while. Josh was kind of on the outside sometimes, but, you know... For the most part, it was usually the four of us. We really wanted to make this summer count because it was going to be probably the best, last best time that all four of us really had together on a more consecutive basis. Three out of the four of us were going to college. RJ was the only one who wasn't because, again, totally not cult. Jehovah's Witness does not value high education and didn't really think of it as necessary to help plan him for his future. So, yeah, that's definitely minus two points to his absolutely shitty parents. Absolutely. 100%. But, I digress, three of us went to college and he didn't. He decided that he was in the workforce, however. But the three of us were all going to different places. My one friend was going to stay in the area at Purdue Calumet in Hammond, Indiana, where he was going to be at the dorms at least. And, you know, it was really fun, so RJ had him, you know, very close by. I was going to college out of state, but in Chicago, in St. Xavier University. But I actually was taking public transportation for the first year that involved one train and two buses in the south, south, south side of Chicago. So I was definitely taking a lot of time, and I had to basically deal with rush hour in one of the biggest cities in the world. I eventually had a car, but I still had to drive out 40 minutes there and back, and then, of course, I started working on a more regular basis part-time, 
And of course, I had a lot of other things like homework and other responsibilities on top of that. So in general, it just worked out in a different kind of way. And then my other friend who was not only going out of state to college as well, but he was going all the way down to Louisiana, specifically for Tulane University. So we all kind of just were trying to make that summer last. And for the most part, I feel like we did a great job. I was definitely nervous about doing the public transportation, but I thought I can do it because I did. I can actually have that be the entire, that entire journey can be an entire episode of its own. So I might not go into much more detail about it. And well, things were just working out pretty well. So it was actually around my birthday when my one friend was going to Louisiana. So it was kind of a rough time to see someone who, you know, was only about five or seven minutes, six minutes, about five minutes away from your house on a pretty good uh, light traffic day is kind of gone. So it was just the three of us. And so start, that's when stuff started going awry. I started spending a lot of enough time at school to be like, okay, well, I just got a girlfriend and I'm still with her today, Andrea. So this is, of course, when we're just starting to date and stuff. RJ and my one friend get into a pretty crazy and really crappy fight. My one friend liked a girl. She kind of turned him down. And then RJ immediately tries to, like, ask for her number. And, like, my other friend was didn't really appreciate that, so... They told him how I felt, and then stuff like that just didn't work out. They kind of got into a pretty big altercation about it. My friend from Louisiana in Louisiana was pretty pissed off that everything's going this way, and I was kind of just like, whatever. I mean, you know, if they're going to get mad over it, if it's that, that big of a deal, then just let it happen. So then when he came back for Thanksgiving slash Christmas break, they kind of really tried to force RJ and my other friend to kind of cooperate, and it just didn't work out well. Kind of stayed that way for almost a year. They kind of got back and worked things out and talked about how, you know, feelings were important to each other. And then, like, in a year later, it happened again and again and again and again and again. It kept it kept on going back and forth between the two of them. And there was a really big, big one that, you know, my one friend just called RJ out on all this ridiculous bullshit that he was doing. Which I was totally on board for, and I was actually on the same. I was on the side of the other people because they were all just absolutely annoyed by the guy, and he wasn't fun. He was really being annoying. But I stopped because he was because RJ was really upset, and he said he wanted to change. And by change, he just wanted to basically send me death threats to my other friends. He would always talk about how he wants to hurt slash kill these people, and it was just really awkward, and I didn't know if he was actually going to do it or not. Thankfully, that never happened, but again, I just felt very uncomfortable that instead of trying to improve himself, the thing that these guys were, you know, calling him out on do for not doing and just being a kind of a bum, he instead basically just doubles down on, his, on why he was right and starts, you know, sending horrible things to all these other people. But again, they made up after that for some strange reason. I don't know. If someone said they would want to really hurt me, I don't really know how I'd feel about welcoming them back into my life with almost complete open arms just because we had a really sad night. So it's been really back and forth between them, and apparently everything's still A-OK, but I don't believe that for a damn second. So where do I fit into all this? Well, I'm just showing you the prefix because of what happened later. Basically, RJ is kind of a dick and kind of 
pushed people to the point of which they don't want to be friends anymore. And they really kind of just, you know, they were, you know, the best reasons. But at the same time, it's like, if someone snaps, someone snaps. And it's not like you can justify snapping. In my personal opinion, you can't. So it became something of a problem. And I was getting actually really scared for everybody. And it started getting a little annoying. But then RJ turned more of his sights on me. I was going, this is when my financial troubles were kind of starting. I lost, I left my job at Home Depot, not lost, I left to work at a job about court reporting. It was an independent contractor. I wasn't making that much money and I was making enough money to pay my bills, but I wasn't going to advance anywhere. And I felt like that I was going to be trapped there forever. I jumped on the first job I was able to see, but it turned out to be kind of crappy. So here we are today. Basically the Ian makes bad ideas, the uh, episode. So, in the meantime, it all has to do with the Nintendo Switch, the most recent game console. So, yeah, it's this is how stupid... This is how something so started out so stupid, but then eventually grew into something so ridiculously annoying that I completely lost it. So, RJ kept on making fun of my overall financial situation and just thought that I wouldn't be the person to buy my own my own console... And he even started making up like stupid bullshit bets like, oh, 500 bucks that he won't. And in some people's defenses that those were just jokes, to me it was like, I yeah, I, I can barely afford to buy my girlfriend something for Christmas. So yeah, it's kind of shitty that I can't do something for her and I can't have fun with myself right now. I can't have fun doing things or buying myself something fun. And he just kept on like reverberating it. And I actually got really to the point of which I wanted to be very sinister and be like, have someone buy me a Switch and for the 500 bucks, take it from him and pay them back. That was really what I wanted to do. To make him feel bad that he literally lost $500 and for me to get that satisfaction of shutting him the hell up. Because it was really annoying and I talked to him about it and told him how I felt and he just did not care. If anything, he doubled down on it and really wanted to make sure that he knew that it was upsetting me because I talked to him about it because, you know, he's kind of a goddamn child, if you haven't noticed so far. So, I eventually kind of just tried to ignore it, but it got more and more under my skin because it's like, I just was trying my best not to snap. And there were times that I was going through some pretty crappy times during around Thanksgiving, had some issues I had to work out, and my friends and my, and my friend kind of sat me down and called me out on that shit. And I felt terrible, so I tried my best to improve and kind of just took a little bit of a seat back of not letting emotions get the better of me. So then my two friends, uh, including Josh, bought me a Switch, and it was like the nicest freaking thing ever. It was such a surprise, came out of complete nowhere. And I feel so bad. I barely play a damn thing now. and But it was just such an awesome act of kindness. And RJ just wasn't anything a part of it. So here is the part where I kind of started being a dick. I lied and passed it off as me buying it. It was basically a way to have him shut up. And he felt really bad. And I kind of told him, dude, just shut up from now on. Don't make fun of my financial situation. Okay? And then... He was nice to me, like really nice to me. And it was honestly the worst thing and the best thing at the same time.
I don't know how to feel. I honestly felt upset. But I couldn't help but just drink it in. Because it only lasted two weeks. So there we go for that. So after the two weeks, you know, he eventually found out because someone accidentally told him because I was going to tell them straight up, I'm taking this to my grave. Just so he doesn't be a dick to me about stuff, I'm honestly never telling him how I feel about this again. And he found out. He started getting really intense. Yes, he got really rough and got really mean about it because I was driving uh, Andrea to my house to make some uh, Christmas cookies. And um, she saw the text because she was reading them to me. And she's like, he's really seems really angry about you with you about something. And I started like looking into the text messages and I'm like, oh, my God, like he was really mad. Like he seemed like he was really, really upset. I know you can't really tell by texting, but you can tell right now, like if someone's like, seriously, it's not funny. Like you can tell their language at least a little bit in my eyes that you can tell that someone doesn't feel like they're joking. Like I couldn't tell cause he's not much of a texter to begin with. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay, dude, seriously, I'm not doing that. We never agreed to anything. And who cares? I have one now. We can all play together. We can all have fun. And he just wanted to be so dead set on being right that I didn't buy it because apparently that's my value. So by that extension, if I if I had to buy everything to be worth something, I would be living in a box that I found off the street wearing I could only assume is maybe the only clothes the clothes on my back maybe but I think the shirt I'm wearing is a Christmas gift so I shouldn't be wearing that either basically he was just kind of like being a dick and really trying to showcase my worth was only through things that I purchased not from the fact that just because I wanted to change my mind and buy something that I originally didn't want to buy but I couldn't afford but someone else bought for me it apparently made me less in value I really can't understand what his freaking mentality is or was, and I don't bother asking him, except for the fact he's like, I just knew he wasn't that kind of guy to buy his own Switch. So apparently that decreases me in value as a person to him. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, look, you can just continue being a dick, and I just don't want to deal with you anymore. I just snapped. Like, there was just something in my head, and it just came to me, and I'm like, I don't want to deal with this anymore you want to keep pushing me push me because i don't want to be your friend anymore if you keep pushing me and he just stopped texting me and i'm like okay maybe he wants to from what my friends told me later is that he just went to sleep to shirk responsibility so i called him that same night and said hey what the hell And he just wouldn't let up on the fact that I lost a bet that I didn't agree to. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not even bothering fixing this. Bye. See ya. And yeah, it was rough. And I didn't see him for about a month or so. My friends kind of finally understood my reasoning until they stopped. They asked me, like, hey, can you be in the same room as him? And I was like, I thought I could. I really thought I could, but I don't think I can right now. Because I was still really pissed off and I still just really don't want to see him. And 
it was really hard to do. He was a toxic person. And my friends just never understood that. And my friends don't understand that because he apologizes and then they all just ran back to him like nothing ever happened. Like they don't they just forget everything he said to them or about them or anything just all around just terrible. And they got all shocked when I just didn't care. And I told them I don't care and I don't plan on caring anytime soon. And they were really surprised by that. And I'm like, no. They said, like, will you be in the same room as I'm like, yeah. But then within like two weeks, I saw him twice. And I'm like, okay, back up. When I said I want to see him, it doesn't mean I want to see him every time I see you guys. But I couldn't say that because I felt trapped and I realized that there was another toxic relationship I was in. And it was these people that I've called my really close friends for quite some time. And they made me feel trapped between being civil and just understanding that maybe I'm not ready because I am currently not talking to any of them. And it's kind of lonely. It's been five days since I did that. And uh, I'm not telling you the day that it's happened. It's almost been a week. But not only has it been lonely, it's been peaceful. It's been very peaceful. And it sucks. And I might go into more detail about that later on in the show. It's been a rough year. 2019 has not been my year as April has already been almost halfway through and I'm still unemployed. I'm still big loser. This has definitely been like that whole, like, you know, when people talk about sports teams and it's like, this is the rebuilding season. This is definitely rebuild season. I can just kiss playoffs. Goodbye. Baseball season has officially started here in uh, the United States. And I can already be like, I'm not going to the playoffs. Nope. (laughs) This has been an, I don't even know if I'm going to get above 500 this year, guys. Like, I might eventually have things ironed out, but, like, we have no idea. And I just, you know, I'm happy that things are working out in the way that they're working out. But it's definitely been a rough road, and I think I have AP Radio to thank. But to continue the uh, second half of the story, we'll, we'll be probably right back. We do have some uh, messages to break to. And uh, then we'll get into the idea about just how I had to stop, take a step back from everyone else that was kind of connected to this entire situation. And see, like, how I was able to notice this toxicity and how you, who might be in a toxic relationship, might also be able to see these differences and be able to come forward and talk to people about stuff. I am very certain that this is going to be very therapeutic for some people to hear that it happens to everybody. Toxic relationships happen to everybody. But we'll be right back with the second half of this really, really important story on Truth, Justice, and Ian Hanway on AP Radio. Right, Be right back after these messages. 
And we're back. Welcome back to another episode of True Justice and Ian Hand Way. My name is Ian Hand. And if you're just joining me tonight live, I'm talking about a little bit more of a real topic, not so much as goofy stuff, but just more around real things. I talk about toxic relationships and more so just my toxic relationship story. And hopefully I can inspire other people to kind of get out there and talk about their own story. If you have missed this show live, I am on a, you can go to apradio.net to categories and under Ian Hand, there I am. You can go to Google and Apple Podcasts and even Spotify to type in Truth, Justice, and the Ian Hand Way. That's I-A-N-H-A-N-D, Way. Basically, if you know anyone who's interested in some of these fun topics, I do other fun things besides just talking about real stuff. But just to reverberate since, you know, just in case I'm catching you guys live. And if you do want to catch me live, for those who are listening pre-recorded, I am live on Fridays from 6 p.m. Central Time every Friday on APRadio.net. Just listen live. We're really cool. And in case you have some recordings, always go out to do some recordings at info.apradio.net to schedule some recording things and talk to the people about analog recordings. They got a nice new little recording studio here, and it's super sick. And in case you want to get more in touch with me as a person, come at my Twitter account at Ian Hand, that is again I-A-N-H-A-N-D, 11 at Twitter. I'm a small growing little thing with a small growing little internet radio. Things are doing pretty well, and I do advertise both the AP radio stuff on all my social media, which is just that for the moment. As far as I know, I'm actually over 22. I actually have 22 followers, so that's better than I was about a month ago at 14. What a loser I was back then. So if you have anybody out there who wants to listen to comic books, superheroes, and so many other things, I'm your guy for at least every 10 episodes because I'm going to probably be doing more real talks every 10th episode. So, thank you guys for joining me, but joining back. And for those who are listening pre-recorded, I'm sorry for all that kind of bringing everyone back here thing. So, thank you for listening again, and hopefully for the next time, we, if I actually bring us back, we can skip the next the first two and a half or three minutes. So, we're back to the topic of toxicity and toxic relationships. I, for the first half, we were talking about my actual toxic relationship that I just got out of, and I realized that I'm in another one. And it was more so from the fact that my three friends really wanted me to try to, you know, work things out because they wanted to work things out with RJ. And, you know, for the most part, they did, and I'm happy they did. But at the same time, it was something that I, like, maybe I should have put more thought into it instead of just saying, yeah, whatever, I'll see him in the same room, whatever. I'll be a civil person. But I think I wasn't ready yet. And it was something that was embarrassing for me to admit to everyone and even to myself that I saw him twice and I'm like, yeah, I'm not ready. I saw him. I got mad. I'm like, fuck this guy. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And it got pretty rough for me and I just felt so sad and silent and then just kind of just felt a little bit, you know, aloof and kind of sat in the corner not really, but like I kind of felt like I was retreating and no one was noticing. If you haven't noticed, I'm very talkative. So like when I'm not talkative, you probably can tell something's obviously wrong. But 
apparently people who see me probably like three or four times a week who have seen who have known me since the sixth grade probably just can't read me when my girlfriend who's known me for only four and a half years who doesn't get a chance to see me that often because you know we're both busy and we're just far apart can tell the single second that things like that happen. I mean, I asked her last night just for fun, and I couldn't even finish the sentence about, hey, do I act different if I'm sad? And I couldn't even finish the sentence. And she just said, yes, a million times yes. The second that you're a little upset about something, you get quiet, which is unnerving. You start answering less and less, more detailed questions. It's terrifying. And I even asked Josh, and uh, he even said, like, yeah, for the most part, you're pretty different when you're sad. He's like, I remember some stuff that happened, like, earlier in our life, and, like, I was upset. He's like, dude, I know you're upset about it. Like, let's just talk about it. And he's like, I'm not upset. And he's like, you're, you, you are fucking upset. And I talked to them both about how I felt about this situation. And I think really a lot of it came from the fact that the second RJ apologizes, I think for the first time, I think I've ever heard him say he apologized. Everyone just ran back and forgot that, you know, I'm kind of still upset. And just because I want to be in the same room as him, maybe I should have stated that maybe give me a couple months because it's still a really fresh thing in my heart because obviously I want to be having a radio show about it to feel very therapeutic to people. And just screaming about things and how I feel if it wasn't still bothering me. But I think it was just the fact that my friends just assumed everything would be completely chipper. And really overstated my boundaries without me even realizing that maybe I should have put some boundaries in place to begin with. But it's not my decision. It wasn't their decision to really think that I'm fine. Just because I said I'll be civil does not equal I'm fine. It equals... Maybe I'll be okay, but I don't want to push things, you know? But, you know, things were pushed, and when push came to shove, I just freaked out. I felt really trapped, you know? Like, people just couldn't understand how I was going through things. Like, I'm very sensitive. I have depression and anxiety, so everything kind of just bundles them into this really nasty little crap Sunday I have and as a result of that I feel like I see the world a very more dramatic way but it's also kind of just overall melancholiness in my heart but at the same time I try really hard to be a good person with these people because they're really important to me and when you feel like that you're overall effort isn't in the way that you want it to be. It sometimes gets to me a lot worse than it should. I'm very hypersensitive. And the second that they start feeling like I'm kind of in a really odd situation, they're like, okay, I understand, but they don't care. They don't care about you and stuff like that. And it just jumps to these conclusions because, you know, they've been really helpful with me. They've been really, you know, all around prayful and stuff. And, Hopeful, and they have given me enough money whenever we go out to eat. But, you know, it's like I don't want to value my life by money, something that even RJ did. And then when they start saying, like, well, we we helped you out and stuff, it's like that's not what I mean by I felt neglected. In general, I feel like that my feelings and my 
overall boundaries were kind of violated and a little invalidated. And it's something that makes me feel uncomfortable, and I wanted to talk to you about it. But the second that I do, they started defending their sel- themselves, which kind of proves the point that I didn't want to talk to them about this in the first place, and I knew that they would just make it about them. They wouldn't care about, oh, wow, Ian's actually upset, and uh, we kind of maybe played a part in it. No, it's, well, I'm upset, and I don't like how you want to take a break from our friendship. I want to voice my grievances and my complaints, and I'm like, you know what? Go ahead. Why is me the fa- why? So let me t- let, tell me exactly why me being sad and wanting to take a step back to find my own happiness and kind of just take a step back from this entire situation, reevaluate myself, and realize that maybe you guys just weren't being the best of friends to me and really pushing me into this direction. Tell me exactly how that hurts you. That my really crappy time is all my fault. I'm not looking forward to seeing them again for that specific reason. That instead of having an actual dialogue or just talking and trying to think, work things out, it's going to be, they're going to scream at me about why I shouldn't have done what I did and shouldn't have done this in the beginning. And yeah, I understand. I should have been more specific about my boundaries that I should have set myself. I just wanted to be a good friend and just say, you know what? I can do it. And then I can't. I don't think I have to. It's like, it's like if someone offers you like, it's like if someone offered you like a piece of seafood and you were allergic and you knew you were allergic, but they, Asked you, are you sure you're okay? But and you want to just you know be like, okay, well they put a lot of effort and time into this, so yeah, I'll I'll fucking force my health to be bad just so you know they are happy that I enjoyed the meal they prepared. That's like how I felt with being with um RJ because if I said I don't really want to right now, it'd probably be like a whole eye roll, a whole oh my god, even though. The same guy who is making the biggest fucking deal about the fact that RJ needs to be with us every fucking time we're hanging out. This is the same guy who would text me and just be bitching about the fact that RJ and him are in the same room. Under his breath, in the on the phone, on texting. And anytime I would even offer to help him be like, hey, you can come to my house. He's like, no, I don't want to. I just want to bitch. <laughs> and bitched he did. So the hypocrisy of that entire situation just made me feel like, okay, you know what? I just can't wait to talk to them and just have them scream at me about how wrong of a person I am for, you know, having opinions. And then I can just, you know, scream at them back because apparently that's what it's going to devolve into because my biggest fear came true that my friends don't know a damn thing about me that they care more about themselves. They care more about the group as a benefit rather than the members in said group. They only care when it's convenient for them. And that's exactly the attitude I'm getting. That it's now my fault that they are upset. That's my fault that they are this. It's my fault. It's my fault. Like, you know what? 
and I can't believe it's only day five. And I've been feeling so happy all in all. Like, no one to check up on me, no one to bitch at me, no one to tell me, oh, how's your re- how's your job search? It's crappy. How's uh, things going? It's stupid. Oh, you want to go play D&T for eight goddamn hours? And, you know, because that's what we want to do now? And I'm like, yeah, not really. And then I just took myself out of the campaign. Because, you know... I don't want to waste my time when I could be trying to find a job. It became something that was like they just didn't care as much. And it kind of hurt my feelings that they just were caring more about what was going on with them than it was that was with me. They cared more about the fact that the groups back together, the same thing that my one friend was upset when he was pushing him and RJ back together all those years ago, that he cared more about the group's well-being than everyone individually. If they didn't want to be friends anymore, then we should never. you should never have pushed it. Probably by the fact that people pushed it in general is probably the reason that they kept on going so much back and forth because they felt pressured. And, I'm, and I don't want to be that anymore. I saw a lot of back and forth bullshit, and then when it started coming at me because... RJ's done messing with that guy like for the millionth time he decided to turn his sights on someone else it's not happening anymore so I took a step back and I've seen the world more clearly I'm breathing fresher air and it's really sad that I don't know if I want to come back to that relationship I might lose four people out of this entire situation but I don't care. And it's sad that I feel like I've been pushed again. That when we talk again, it's going to be them yelling at me rather than understanding how I feel. Because I've come into contact and realized that, you know... I don't like doing things for the benefit of other people. Not to say that I'm selfish. It's just that I don't want to sacrifice my happiness just so someone else can be happy. And I think no one should ever do that. And that's part of the reason toxic relationships suck. Is that you sacrifice things for people who don't deserve it. I mean, I have to tiptoe around my dad, who is such a douchebag, who is so inconsiderate of the rest of us, listens to his TV blaring at 2 o'clock in the morning, And we have to tiptoe around him. We have to make sure dinner is ready when he never makes dinner and he eats fucking most of it. So, like, we're kind of fucked. And it's like, I don't want to tiptoe around that anymore. Because I'm stuck there for right now. So why would I want to voluntarily be a part of someone's life like that? I don't want to do that. To have someone tell me why my feelings are wrong because they don't feel that way. Who cares how they feel? If I feel bad, then it's me. I need to fix the problem. And to fix the problem, you might have to get away. So the last couple minutes are going to be more about me just reverberating the fact that I want to help you guys get out of this. And if this story has taught you anything, toxic relationships suck. And the way they, the reason they suck is because they can come from anywhere at any time. And you can lose some really good people, but 
it turns out that they weren't good people at all to begin with. So, before I get started, I'm not a medical professional. If I was, I would not be uh, bitching about not having a job. (laughs) I have been to uh, therapy for a couple of years, but it was more so from the fact that I can't go anymore since I'm not a student and I don't have money to pay for my own stuff right now, obviously. So it's something that I want to make very clear that don't take my advice as professional help. Take my advice as a person who desperately needs it and to see exactly how you can spot toxic relationships from a person who also has been in a lot in his last couple of uh, years of life. So toxic relationships are basically people are more so invertently mean. Obviously, RJ was very upfront and was really intentionally mean to me and made me feel really upset. Whenever you talk to them, they make it about them or they don't care. Basically the same thing. When you finally snap or confront them and really start making things, it turns it more into a... Oh, I am offended. I am sad, which is basically both RJ and my other friends for not taking for what I say to heart and just make more so making it about them because they're called out. I mean, when my friends blasted him and he wanted to basically be really rude and be like, I'm going to kill you next time I see you. It was because they called him out on him being an annoying sack of crap the entire time. And it was just like. You're getting that you're going to get mad. You're going to try to beat them up because they called you out on just being a terrible person. Interesting. And it doesn't change the fact at all. And it's just that when someone tries to place the blame on you when they're being a terrible person, that's not a good that's a red flag right there. And it's not fun. It's not fair to you or them or anybody for that matter. And you have to kind of take a step back and kind of realize that this person isn't right for me. And it's hard to do because we have these preconceived notions of people that we have in our lives. If they're our friends, they should always be great, right? That you can't think of them in a negative connotation. I mean, I remember when I was a kid in grade school and I saw someone like, you know, they were smoking weed and like, It was a big shock for me because I'm like, I would never think of someone who would do that, like someone I went to grade school with. But it happens. And it's just weird to see, like, you know, we're not grown up anymore. People are getting married. People are having kids. They're like, dude, I remember when, like, we used to yell at you for picking your nose in class. Like. It's so weird to think about stuff like that. And, like, even like even me, I'm thinking, like, if I get, like, a good year or two of work under my belt, Andre and I can get married. Like, that's just – it's just so weird to think about it like that, that I went from being a kid who, you know, was so scared to be, a, to be in a relationship that I've been in a very well-committed one for about four and a half years now. But it's hard to kind of get that mentality of that – I was this and now this is the truth. And to see that my friends are very manipulative and the idea that they're just like they don't care about how I feel, it just hurts my feelings. 
and it really feels weird that like you can feel this about your friends and it's like well we don't see a problem so it's totally fine on our end okay well that's not your decision just because things might be fine on your end does not mean they're fine on in in, in anyone's end so <laughs> i guess what i'm trying to say is don't let other people tell you how you are supposed to feel or how you feel. And your pre- preconceived notion of concept of your friends is going to be different from the reality. It, it it always is going to be. Your job is to not let that bother you. To not let that get in between what's important to you. And it's something that I think a lot of people need to understand that you are responsible for your own happiness, not someone else. Because I need Andrea, I need Josh in my life, but like, I don't need them to survive. I always say that they may be anchors to keep me here because I don't care. But it's no longer an excuse for me to be like, well, yeah, maybe I need to find some other things that anchor me. Maybe I need to find more interesting things to keep me occupied and so far i've walked a lot more i've been able to kind of realize that yeah maybe i should actually you know start writing some jokes down and become a comedian or do some comedian comedic gigs here and there and see if i can get a big break or something or just you know get enough popularity that maybe you know i can do it on the side and do this as well and (laughs) just have a fun time you know it's just something that I'm really excited about. I don't know what else to say about it. It's just like, oh my god, I just feel so happy. I feel so amazed. And when things actually go the way that they're supposed to go, they go great. And you finally kind of get it out of your own ecosystem and you realize that these people were not making me happy. These people were making me feel bad about trying to feel better and that's why i had to take a step back maybe if they're listening to this right now i again i don't want to stop being friends completely i want to just have us all re-align and sit back and realize that maybe we have done some problems and we need to fix them and i think that's the one thing that i think we can all agree on is that we all need to fix ourselves that Sometimes things just don't go the way that they're supposed to. And you need to take a step back. I think we all need to take a step back. And don't do that unless you are in a great relationship. You have friends who care about you. Like, I do have to say right now that I want to thank the Lizard Lickers because they make not only not only do they make Mondays actually fun, it's liberating to hang out with a bunch of guys. Albert Austin and Josh are absolutely fun, and you know what? It's so fun to just hang out with people and consider them friends without having all this emotional baggage attached to you. That you can just sit down. Drink some beer or some hard alcohol, which I'm really excited for next episode. It's going to be Jaeger. Woo. 
And you kind of just get more in tune with yourself. You kind of just have a time to relax and realize that you need more people than just the group. And we're more than just the four amigos now. We're never going to be the four amigos again. And I'm honestly happy about that. And the only thing that I think everyone can say, the one thing that we all regret from not being in a toxic relationship anymore, is that we probably regret not seeing it sooner. Don't worry. The soon, it's better late to see it than never see it at all and always think that things are fine when they're not fine. Don't feel bad that you didn't catch things earlier. Feel happy that you caught it at all. It's important regardless to understand that you need to get the hell out of that relationship and the sooner you do, the better you'll feel. So if you guys ever have any advice or have anything you want to talk to me about, just because just between two friends, again, I'm not a medical professional, hit me up at Twitter. I'm here just to talk to you. If you just want someone who has no baggage to your friendship and you just want to dump shit on somebody, I'm here. Ianhan11 at Twitter. Go right ahead. Go nuts and have a fun time. Just tell me how you feel and I can do my best to help you as a friend. Because we all can use more friends. And this isn't a this obviously is like a whole thing like, oh my Twitter feed is so my Twitter followers are so low, but like just talk to me. I'm a good person. I'm a nice guy and I really mean it. I've seen a lot of crap. I've dealt with a lot of crap on my own. So I might not be the best person, but if you just need someone to have an exposition dump of your life, like I just did with you guys, it's important to just get that feeling out there. Or find someone in general that you can trust. I was able to do this with Andrea and Josh, who have really no connection to these people as much as I'm happy that that's the case, and they were able to listen to my case. And at the end of the day, just remember that once you see one toxic relationship end, you can see a lot more. You Because the patterns are the same because toxic people are pretty stupid. And then one day, we might have to say that toxic sludge is not good for you. Toxic people suck. And it's time that we stomp them out of existence. Completely. One shit relationship at a time. And that's going to do it for this episode of Truth, Justice, and the Ian Hand Way. Again, I'm sorry that this was a little bit more of a real episode. But I do appreciate anyone out there who has listened to it and likes this different kind of change of uh, pace. We will be back uh, next uh, week with some more goofy stuff. I'm actually going to be ranking the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe from 21 to number one of all the movies that have been recently released up until... Avengers Endgame. And I might be trying to say if there's anything that's different between before and after the rewatch, but I don't think so. I'm ready to say that I'm excited for it. I have some ideas of other movie rankings coming up later, especially for Batman Month in May. So come back and enjoy some more goofy stuff. And if you guys want to see Get Real again, see you in 10 episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Again, follow me on Twitter, um, Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts. 
and even go to AP Radio. Go to apradio.net to listen. This has been Truth, Justice, and the Ian Hand Way. Thank you for listening, and have a fantastic weekend. And remember to always put yourself first. Have a good night, everybody.